Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Helga Hayes. Since Helga Hayes' husband's sudden death, she has been inspired to help thousands of women to talk productively about touchy subjects such as money, death, and regrets. She is the author of Don't Worry About a Thing, Dear. Welcome to the show, Helga. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks, Helga. It's great to have you on the show. And what a timely topic right now for our brief folks out there talking about financial issues because we are in a tough time for everybody. And I can imagine for uh, bereaved people um, who've lost their partner, it must be a really difficult time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it can be a very, very difficult time uh, because they're dealing with their bereavement and then they're dealing with financial issues they may not have been accustomed to dealing with before. So many women have uh, just allowed their husbands to take care of the finances and are not educated uh, before something happens about how to do that on their own. And so there's a double whammy of being uh, slammed by a financial crisis as well as a grieving crisis. And, and sometimes that's, that's just very hard to bear and it's hard to... To, to, you need to take a breath and realize what's going on. It really is like a double whammy. Now talk a little bit about what happened to you. Fortunately, you, uh, in reading your book, Don't Worry About a Thing, Dear, Why Women Need Financial Intimacy, uh, one of the things that you talk about in there is how you kind of dodged a bullet yourself, didn't you? Because uh, uh, for some reason you were inspired to get involved with your finances before your husband died. Well, it was just a stroke of luck. You know, I, I didn't do anything special except that um, it just dawned on me that I was married to, uh, uh, my husband was an entrepreneur in a community property state. And every time the company needed uh, a line of credit or took out a loan, my signature was right on the papers uh, for everything the company needed, but I really wasn't involved in running the company or having any say-so in it. And I realized that I might be in jeopardy, but I was afraid to speak up. I, I, it, I didn't want my husband to think I didn't trust him. And so I just kind of went along with it. And one day uh, I met a woman who had been widowed and she told me about what a financial mess she was left in, and that's when I decided to educate myself about the finances and talk to my husband. And um, we started a, a, an estate planning process, drew up wills and, uh, and doable powers of attorney and everything that we needed in case something happened to him. And by the most ironic uh, hand of faith, uh, he died a few weeks after we signed all those papers. And so wow. if we hadn't done that and if I hadn't learned everything I needed to know about our financial life, um, my life would have been very, very different after um, And he had a sudden stroke or heart attack or something, right? No, actually or... he didn't. He died, he died in an accident. Um, he, he actually fell asleep in a hot tub. Oh, that was asleep. Okay. Yeah, and um, it, and people think that this can happen, but it can. If you are, if he was sleep deprived. He had been traveling uh, for a week uh, on business and hadn't had much sleep. And when he came home uh, that day, he played a few sets of tennis, and he was absolutely exhausted. 
I was out of town with a client uh, for the weekend, and he just, you know, climbed in the hot tub just as we always did when I was home, but I wasn't there. Wow. And um, and so he fell asleep, and I came home and unfortunately found him. And I was so traumatized by all that. It took me a long time to to recover from uh, what I had seen. And um, and he was he was just a very handsome man, and I just adored him. And I I as you can imagine, it was very traumatic for me. Right. And so you had your finances together. Did you have any financial issues after that? I mean, were you able to pay attention immediately? or? Yeah, I was able to pay attention. I paid attention because of the way we had set things up, I was the executor of the estate. This is, this is a very important thing that when I do seminars for women, I always stress the things that other people don't tell them. For example, that you can be the executor of the estate. You can be the trustee of what happens after that. You don't have to hand over your power to somebody else to make those financial decisions for you. Many, we're totally capable of making our own decisions. We don't need someone doling out money to us um, on a trust basis, unless there's you know millions and millions of dollars involved. But even then, there's no reason why a woman can't do that. Right, exactly. I hate those stories about uh, families where the women or have to go to their kids and ask them if they can buy a new television set. Right, right. And this is this is what very happen what happens very often um, after someone dies, and you have to go through a probate process. And this is why I urge people to have irre- to have revocable trusts where they have equal powers, and the financial life goes on. As now, what about these women who are in a mess trust. right now? I mean, uh, say nothing was signed, and here I am. And wh- where do people start? How, well, how can I get help? Well, the thing is that they shouldn't leave it that way. Everything should have been taken care of before. But the thing is, if you if you're in this situation afterwards, you just have to get an assessment of what your financial situation is. And how do I get that? Where do I go? What do I do? Well, once you have that, you it's really best to work with a professional who can help you assess where you are financially. And well, what would um, that I, professional be? Would well, it be a lawyer planner, or who would I find? Uh, you talk to a financial planner or a financial advisor. And how and do you, I find them? Well, you find them by... Um, you you ask around, ask your friends, do they work with somebody? Or you can uh, check with the local bank if they have a trust department. You can uh, see if they have it. An accountant can very often be very, very helpful in uh, helping you assess what you have and uh, then directing you to a financial planner. Most accountants don't do that. They just They just do the accounting. But they can send you to someone who can help you map out your finances. And so see, I might want to look for a financial planner if I'm in, in total chaos right now. Well, it's, if you're in total chaos, the best thing is to do nothing. That's the point. Do not put your money anywhere. Do not sell your house if you can avoid it. Stay put and allow that grieving process to, to just be there. Uh, you have to go through it. And it's, the, the problem is it's hard to learn about money. When you're grieving, it's hard to learn about anything when you're grieving. So hold steady. If, you, if, hold if you're steady. in your Absolutely month or two, hold steady for a while. Just, you know, figure out how you're going to hold steady. Tell people you're going to hold steady. Yes, tell them you're going to hold steady and recognize that your children are going to want to help you. And you're not, you're really not in a position, if you don't understand the finances, to assess whether their information is very good. One of the problems that um, I teach women is that, 
sometimes after the death of a husband, a woman for the first time has, say, uh, uh, an amount of cash that she has inherited as a result of his death. And the children, um, the mother needs the company and she needs the emotional support of the children. But there is danger in that in that zone of wanting the emotional comfort because many times a child will ask for a loan or they'll they'll want infusion of cash into a business and the mother's best intentions are to help the children. You want to help them, but it's not a good idea because you may need it yourself. You really shouldn't um, extend any loans to children until you get input about what you are going to need personally. Yeah, I think it's important to hold fast for that year. I think a year, uh, you know, if you can stay in there and, and as things seep in, try to learn about your finances but not be making loans or, or get. And sometimes uh, with kids, um, I've heard recently someone emailed us about the fact that her children felt like they were do something because their father had died. That they would what? They were adults and they were do some money. Oh, they yeah. should get but, some of yeah. that estate. Well, it depends on how things are set up. But nothing yeah. was set up. They well, just felt like the they were owed some of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And the thing is that children really aren't entitled to anything unless a will specifies that when when someone dies, something's supposed to go to the children. But in for there are ten community property states in the United States, and and everything is half the the the, the wife's. And so if children are pressuring uh, in, a, in a situation like that, then she's forced to reduce her standard of living by half. And so it, it adds even more to the problems of the fact that nothing was in place. Right. Well, if your husband dies in a community property state, you don't have to give your children anything if you don't even have a will, do you? It doesn't... Isn't everything just yours? Yes, it is. But um, right. I, th- I think that's one thing women should realize. Will, you know, if they don't have a will, uh, you know, um, everything is theirs. Yes. Well, everything is. Uh, if you have a will, then the beneficiary of the will right. is who is who gets what what makes left. a difference. But if you're uh, right. if you haven't done a blasted thing, it's your money. Yeah, you're not right. obligated to give right. your children anything. Well, and, 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 you know, you, I don't really think that, about. Let me tell you some of the things I noticed for myself. After my husband died, mm-hmm. um, I I tried to recognize because I had been teaching women before this happened. That was what was so ironic, Gloria, that I had already been teaching about this. Well, you kind of wonder. I had learned a lot about grief and loss. That was my field before my son was killed. So you kind of wonder sometimes That's right. how life you wonder, takes you, you know, on you a journey. You the guinea pig for how effective the information that you teach other people really is because right. you become the test side for it, and that's what happened to me. And what I realized was that I really did need to put myself first. And I, I was, I didn't have young children. Now, when you have young children, it's very hard to put yourself first. But if, if you can at all, make sure that you take the time for yourself, that you pamper yourself. One of the things I noticed, and uh, I'm sure that this crosses the mind of other women because they've admitted it to me when in seminars. They've said that um, they're, if they're accustomed to always looking nice, you know, when they're out in public, we do our hair, we, we try to put our clothes together nicely and stuff, and suddenly when you're confronted with a, with a, a grievous loss, your first, quote, 
debut as a widow, okay, and this is like a special category in our society. You're, you're, the first time that people see you without without your husband, you look terrible. You've been crying. You you just so it's really important to recognize that you're still you. You still want to look nice. Take yourself to the hairdresser. Make sure that you look okay. So it doesn't compound all those feelings of having lost everything. You know so, what I mean? so that's not a place that you cut back financially. Absolutely the things that you've not. Been doing because it just makes you feel you're, you're lost. It just compounds everything. Get a massage. You know, get a massage. Well, I think a massage is uh, because you're all of a sudden touch deprived. Excuse me? I think a massage is nice also because you're touch deprived. You yes, don't have your absolutely. You are touch deprived and it's very relaxing and mm-hmm. it, it allows you to just to, to let go. To let go. I found myself crying all, um, at totally unexpected moments. And I would just say to people, you know, these tears are good because it shows me that I'm healing, that my emotion is coming out. And then now, I that's, that's joke, a good I point say, to make too, Helga, because you may be crying in front of some people that you feel embarrassed, your lawyer, your financial person, exactly. you know, your banker, yes. you know, something like that. And, and you may avoid those kind of appointments. Well, you want to avoid the. You just for me, it was just it was so difficult to even interact uh, with with a lawyer afterwards because um, there were so many papers, there were so many things to deal with with the company and and with everything. It was really difficult to communicate. I remember I had to go in and see the lawyer, and I couldn't even take the appropriate files out of. The file cabinet. I just took everything out and I put it in a travel suitcase on wheels, uh-huh. <laughs> and I put it in the car and I rolled it into her office and I said, "Find what you need." Helga, I just wanted to say your book is fantastic. Don't worry about a thing. Why women need financial intimacy? I'm sure people can get it on Amazon, right? Uh, yes. And do you have a website they can get it from? Yes, yes. It's uh, the website is financialintimacy.com. Okay, and also, Helga, talk a little bit about um, your workshops that you do, your seminars. Well, I, the seminars that I do, I started to do them. I was doing them before my husband died 10 years ago. And uh, after he died, uh, it just it, it was like being clubbed on the head because I realized that what I teach other women had happened to me. And so uh, after I got through that Oh, it took me about two years to get past the, the, the acute grieving period for him. And I looked at what will I do with the rest of my life because I had other things that I was doing. And I decided the best thing I could do would be to help other women um, with this information. So in case something happened to And this is a real them. mission for you, isn't so it? I this isn't just something you do lightly as a business. I work again. And in the seminars, I get women who uh, are... They have not necessarily been widowed, but many of them are looking at a divorce situation, or many of them are just want to know more. But I've had many widows uh, in the in the in the seminar because they might want to remarry, and they don't want to repeat many of the same financial mistakes they may have made the first time around. And you've got information on that in the book also. Oh, I do. I do. I just tell women what to look out for and what to be comfortable. For example, I'll give you an example. Um, I heard your previous guest, Elaine Williams, talking about dating. Right. And one of the biggest dangers that women, uh, after being widowed, face 
is that they will develop uh, uh, a good relationship with a man, and they want to uh, um, they want this to become uh, more of a permanent relationship. And if if they don't understand that they are the the best ones to take care of their money in terms of um, making sure that it lasts for them, they will turn over the responsibilities for their money to this new boyfriend. We, and yeah, we know, we this have is a very bad idea um, yeah. because, uh, you know, the, the boyfriend or... Uh, Even husband. Husband will they'll make the same mistakes. And so I urge women, do not turn your money over to anybody. Don't take anyone's advice about anything without checking with your own financial planner or your accountant. Do not get involved until you feel strong enough to maintain your own boundaries. And make sure your financial planner is in it from a reputable place because oh, I work with 9-11 widows yes, and absolutely. they're young widows and some of them have had wonderful experiences. A few of them have had hideous experiences. Yes, yes they have and and, and this is why, and financial planners are, are, are not the be-all and end-all of anything, you know. I mean, even in this economic downturn, many financial planners didn't see anything coming either. And so financial planners are, um, look for a financial planner who is um, uh, a fee-only financial planner. In other words, you can pay them by the hour for a financial plan. But if you have financial planners who make a commission on everything that they do for you, then this you're going to have a lot of activity with a lot of fees. So they um, might sell your stocks and that kind you of thing. Turn them. So get a financial planner who pays by the hour and hold fast for a year, we're saying, or for the Absolutely. time when you feel like you're in control. Watch out that you don't. My husband always says, if you ever remarry or get involved with somebody, if something happens to me, Gloria, don't have any of your financial statements sent to your house. Get a P.O. box. <laughs> That's good advice. That's that's very good advice, Gloria. And and I have to say that your husband is 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 very enlightened in wanting you to have all the information. You know, yeah, he's I mean, very interested. Very, he's very he's concerned. Thing. He's seen so many women that have had problems and and that have lost their money and all that. He's like, I want you to know everything. I want you to know how to you know do this. I want you to be involved in everything we do. Right. Because uh, it's it can be a nightmare. I don't right. want that to happen to you. Right. And and the thing is that that when when if you if you don't learn the first time, I mean this is what happens in divorce too. You tend to go through this again, and you want to make sure that you learn all about money before you get involved in another relationship. This is extremely important. I, I you know here's the thing: the average age a woman is widowed is 56. You probably know that, right? Well, he's very young, no. Yeah, I, I read that in your book, and I was surprised, frankly. Yes, well, and so was too. I when I learned about it, and that that's exactly where I was. I I was right on that 56. So um, audience out there, think about that, 56, young. and it's very young because yeah. women, women live into their 80s and 90s. That's right. So you've got a lot of years to um, have that money, and, and you should learn to. Uh, you need to learn to take care of it. But as I said, what would be your advice to people who've just been widowed, say a month or something like that? Oh, you know what? Personally, there is nothing that they need more than to be able to take care of themselves and accept as much help as you can from your friends 
and your family without having um, without being in engulfed by it. And what I mean by that is that you need time to be by yourself, to cry, to just let it all out, because there's a feeling of unreality. At least there was for me. I was I was moving through this in a feeling of not being in my own body. Right. <laughs> and so. for me to have to interact with other people was very difficult. Well, hopefully you have a son-in-law like my husband was. He took my mother's shoebox full of everything, uh, all her receipts and everything and organized everything for her so uh, you know and people who don't want anything maybe a friend who can help you if, you, if you're desperate if you're and desperate, if you're not and, because in. you do need to know you know where is the money where is the cash flow what to do you know one of the things that i have in the book is i have a list of things that people need to know uh when death occurs all right, so get this book. Know? We've got to close our show now, and we want to thank Helga for being on. Thank you so much, Helga Hayes. Thanks, it's- Helga. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.